I have just created something totally illogical. That's what I like about it. so good to be back now that Sean and Onita have relinquished the microphones. That was quite a uh, quite a love fest last week here at the old Red Shovel Network headquarters while Mark was out uh, doing uh, nothing related to broadcasting for once in the last was, 10 years. It was awesome. It was great. I didn't have to think about you once. What? I didn't realize we are going to get negative so quickly. That's, what? That's great. No, I was negative before that. I hated that intro. I'm just saying. This one? Yeah, I was not a fan. Really? Yeah. Sean, were you a fan? You're just telling me now? (laughs) I don't know. I just, uh, I was just sort of amazed at the difference between what Mike was telling me privately this last week (laughs) and what, and what he just said in his intro. Uh, But I guess that's, uh, you know, to be expected. He's running for office. What a politician. Exactly. Well, you know, when you, when you're trying to coax a little kitten off of a branch, you got to use a saucer of cream. As opposed to a pint of vinegar, which may have been more appropriate to try and teach that by the kid way, a lesson. By the way, relinquishing the mics, I, I, I've i never had the mic. I think that was the other guest last week who uh, who took over the show. Yeah, we should have had her back. What are you doing here? I have no idea what I'm doing here. You got 10 other people on. You don't need me. I think the problem was she was going to take the bus to get here. And uh, <laughs> since it's a D-dot bus, it just didn't make it. But we do have a lot of great guests. Sean, of course, is dialing in from Las Vegas, where he just busted out. Um, that's fine. Uh, we, we, we told him to stay away from those penny slots, but he just couldn't help himself. He's got the bug. And we have our, uh, our, our name and image likeness sponsored athlete from the MSU women's crew team, Kalina Nice is here. Hello. Kalina? Sorry, Sean. I'm taking your spot now. That's You're it. not welcome back. Oh, you can have it. <laughs> He's done. That's it. And we also have uh, Deb Ellinghouse from Ellie's House, who is uh, talking a little bit about a fundraiser that's coming up uh, next week. Is it the 19th? Yeah, August 19th. So that's coming up real soon. There's a silent auction. It's a great event. And it is uh, an organization that Deb started to fight sex trafficking in Detroit, uh, particularly in the east side, where uh, there are still uh, still some folks out there who... um, are applying the oldest profession, and who uh, really needs some help. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about the program, how you can help, and uh, and I take it I'm I'm sure some of these auction items are available online. Is that right? Um, you know what? They're not actually. They're not okay. Mm-hmm. So you got to go to the event. You do. And if you go to the event, guess who is going to be there? Who? I'll just say, and I want to give it away, like Al Kaline often did. I think we already figured it. Out. But she is living 
on the edge. Oh, really? Andre Isom will really? be your master of ceremonies. So that is a, that's a pretty cool night. And we'll have some more information about that on the website, and Deb will tell us a little bit more about that. After, after I uh, try and provide a little recap on, on the big election that we had last Tuesday. There was an election last Tuesday? There was an election last Tuesday while, uh, Never known. while Sean and, and Onita were trying to right all that's wrong with the world. Voters were trying to, uh, trying to pare down many, many races and many, many issues to just a couple candidates and get some of the, uh, get some of the, the focus back on really getting Detroit back on track rather than squawking about it. And, uh, and right after that, um, my house decided to pull like a Drew and Trudy attack on me where now what happened? Uh, uh, the attic fan is going out. Uh, the circuit uh, breaker box, it seems like, has some moisture in it. Um, there's a door to this office that we made that has been there for 20 years that wait, today wait, wait, was locked. Wait, 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 it's never wait. been locked before. I don't wait, know how that happened. There's a door to an office that you made? Did you make the door or the office? No, no. So there's like this room in the back of the house that um, that during COVID kind of got converted into an office just oh, so okay. that our dining room wouldn't be the, uh, the East Side Bureau of the Detroit Free Press. And now it's sort of a campaign workspace <laughs> uh, and place for dogs to go when they're not feeling well. So it's not the most pleasant place in town. But now this door that has never given us a problem for 20 years won't open. It's locked. Come on, your house sucks. So that's true. There's no debating it. Everything, it, you know, we're worried about the flooding again. We're still having yeah. problems with that. It's pretty much a nightmare over there. Luckily, we don't have any distractions like trying to run a major campaign for Detroit City Council to deal with at the same time. But, um, but yeah, so it's all great. So what happened last Tuesday? Or do you want to tell me about Roy O'Brien first? Well, I always want to tell you about Roy O'Brien because if you're looking for a great ride, service repairs, or even just a top-notch oil change, Roy O'Brien Ford is the place to go. And not just on the east side, it's worth the trip. If you haven't been to Nine Mile and Mac and St. Clair Shores lately, get your butt over there. That's where my mom got her Ford Focus wagon there, the, the fire engine red one that we borrow all the time to take stuff to and fro that is still going strong at over 110,000 miles. Uh, yes, mom is still a satisfied customer. And she's not alone because Roy O'Brien has been taking care of folks for 75 years. It's an award-winning dealership, and they also have a pretty damn good website. So if you feel like... Uh, you want to check it out before you go? Go to royobrien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. You can pick your deal, whether you want to lease, finance, or pay cash. Get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your sweet new ride. That's royobrien.com, R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com, or call 888-566-5851. And let them know that ML's mother's son sent you. That's a big... <laughs> Still with us, Sean? Oh, yeah. Sean's looking longingly out the window for those that uh, aren't watching. I'm just looking at the palm trees. It's <laughs> so perfectly Sean, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sean specifically booked that room because he heard that was where they shot uh, Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> no, actually, though, when I was in the airport uh, yesterday afternoon, I, hadn't, I actually hadn't flown in there since the 90s. I've been back in an RV here. Well, we can talk about that later. But uh, I thought of the, the the great movie Midnight Run. Love it. With, yeah. uh, with De Niro and Charles Grodin. At the end of the scene, remember, with Dennis Friend and they're in the airport. That part of the airport looks the same. Anyway, 
Thanks for the report on McCarran <laughs> Airport. That's pretty yeah, cool. No, Sean, no, it's just uh, a great movie. Is that is that one of the, those hotels where if you really like the artwork, you can buy it? Oh, that, I don't even know what's over. Is there something over my shoulder? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I just steal it. I, I think anybody'd be proud to have that handsome piece of work on their wall. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want it, I'll bring it for you. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there, but uh, tell us about last Tuesday. Oh yeah, last Tuesday. So we had a. No, I was talking to Sean. Oh shit! Yeah, Sean. Go ahead and tell us about about the election day. Tell us about last. How Tuesday, was it? Because I, you know, I had texted you on Wednesday and you never wrote back, and I, I was very hurt. It's very unlike you to not write back, Sean. No, you. Oh, no, what? No, Sean, I was no, talking to you. I didn't. Well, first you office. said you were talking to Sean, and I was joking. Oh yeah, it was like a joke, only not funny. So I, that's what that may have been the problem. Well, if you listen, you might um, I was busy as hell, man. We've been we've been going crazy. We were trying to get ready for the election. We we're trying to make sure we had all the polls covered so that we had people there. No, to- no, no. Come on, tell us how you felt. What was it like? Yeah. Come on, get to the get to the point, please. I had a uh, I had an incredible sense of peace and contentment that came over okay. me. Bull. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> but the way I look at this election, the way I look at uh, a class where you've done everything you can and you either figured it out or you didn't figure it out and the final exam is coming and you're going to take it and if you pass, that's great. And if you fail, well, uh, there's not much more you can do with it once they pull the blue books out of your hands. So. But I think Sean's talking about the feeling when you got your grade back. Oh, I mean, I, I was hoping we Pretty were going to... Thank I, you, Mark. Yeah. I was well, hoping I we were going to finish first in the primary, and we finished second, so... Uh, so, Are you disappointed? No, of course. I, I mean, I, these are nonpartisan primaries, so the top two finishers uh, advance. And uh, so it's great to advance. And I got a very nice note the night before from listener Kristen and a couple other people, and that was, that was very nice. We had a, a great team. We were very well organized. We had a lot of enthusiastic volunteers, and we had a really good plan, and we'd worked hard for seven months. We had... Um, We'd reached people, all kinds of... I, I think I've knocked on 1,500 doors. I think the campaign, all told, knocked on over 7,000 doors. We sent out 2,000 handwritten postcards to people. We had, um, we had uh, sent out uh, over 5,000 pieces of mail to absentee voters. We, our phone banks reached thousands of people. We sent out texts. I mean, we did everything you possibly could to connect with people. And in the last days of the election, unlike every other campaign... And I think citywide this is true. We handed out a tip sheet on how to file your claim with the Detroit Water and Sewerage Department, with the Great Lakes Water Authority, and with FEMA, so that people, whether they were going to vote for us or not, would get information that will help them get whatever they can from the bastards responsible for the flooding of our basements. That is something, a trauma that, and I, I mean, I, I, and you went through this, Mark, so I'm, I'm not telling you anything, but if you've never been through this, and I'm grateful to have only been through it once in the last 22 years, but there, I, I had some friends who had four or five feet of basement uh, water in their basement. They had just gotten it cleaned out. They were trying to sell their house, and it flooded again. I mean, this is, you know, this is, there's a, there's a real issue with people who, are uh, emotionally wrung out by this. And every time it rains, like that hard rain we had yesterday, we all run to the basement to see, holy shit, is it happening again? Mm-hmm. It's an incredible thing. You Most know you're not going to be... storm disorder. Yeah, you're not going to be taken care of. You're not going to have your stuff replaced. The, the sentimental stuff can never be replaced. But when you're sitting there pricing a new furnace and it starts to rain again, you're thinking, how many new furnaces am I going to buy this damn year? 
So well, it's, and you uh, get to experience government bureaucracy trying to get help and trying to get money from FEMA. Although I found FEMA to actually be very easy when they came through in uh, 2014. Well, so let me tell you about one of the things that we shared with people is FEMA uh, flops most people the first time. They, they will deny your claim. But FEMA themselves, and this I found out from a great article written by Christine McDonald of the Free Press, FEMA recommends that you appeal up to three times because they know they're going to wrongfully deny you. And so it kind of becomes, you know, who, uh, who can outlast the other person. So we were passing this information out both in the final days of the campaign and at the polls to people. Everybody else at the poll is just giving the same crap they've been giving out for months. Like, I'm swell, vote for me. Mm-hmm. And we, we handed out some of that I'm swell stuff, too. But we handed out these flyers. Yours probably did literally say I'm swell. It might have said I'm ML swell. Oh, you're, ML, you're ML, you're swell. Can we just please for a second, all due respect, get back to the original question. That, that's great. Thank you, Sean. Updates, great. I called you twice last time. You said all that same stuff. But this is your podcast, bud. <laughs> how about this? Did you sleep the night before? Were you scared? Were you worried? There's Tell the us reporter. how you felt. Can we... Can we get behind the wall here just for a sec? So I'm going to refer you to my earlier answer, keen observer and trained uh, taker of notes. I felt great. I felt very content. You're not satisfied with the truth, but that's no, the I'm truth. No, I'm not. I'm not satisfied with that. That's not enough. So how does it work during the day when the when the returns roll in? I mean, do you, do you tag it like every hour? Do so, you check it every... Yeah. Like, so how the, does that work? The returns don't really roll in like that. I mean, you can sort of tell from each polling station how many people have voted, which early in the morning is like five, and that's yeah. because me and my three other members of my family went. Did you, so, get, did you get off, by the way, voting for yourself? That's kind of cool. No, and that takes a little more than that. I mean, which, <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though. It's pretty... Maybe oh, we get you on. a referral. Uh, come there. on, that's pretty cool, voting for yourself? No. No, I, I, you know, I don't know where this comes off that I have this huge ego. I just want to do this job, and if I see my name there, I'm going to fill in the, the circle because that helps me do this job. Yeah, but not a lot of people go to a voting booth and see their name on there and vote for themselves. It's a lot of hard work. Well, most people have too much sense to do any of this. Sure. I think that's, that's what fair. Fair enough. Good point. But Nobody said you have a big ego, right? I mean, the two periods in your first name <laughs> say that for you. Is, is, are we having a problem with Sean's signals maybe breaking up? Convenient. Joe, is that... By the way, how cool was it to hear Joe on the show? <laughs> that was week? great. And he was funny. I think Fellhauer should be a little concerned. Fine with me. Maybe getting another trip. Get to Mark, you and I are out. Norwegian <laughs> cruise or something. But, um, but we, had, we had a schedule, so the plan was to hit a different polling place like every half an hour, okay. which immediately we were off by an hour. We didn't get out on time. It just kind of fell apart. Sounds, so we started, That sounds pretty on par. Yeah, so we started going to some different polling places, and we heard there might be some volunteers beefing with some other volunteers. So we ran over there, and, of course, everything was cool. But we went to this one place where there was a volunteer there for one of the other candidates. And, and you know, people, most, most people at the polling places have been paid to be there. They, they get... Uh, they get like a day's wages and lunch, and, and they, they put in a long shift, and, and that's the way it works. We had only volunteers. We may have been the only campaign to only have volunteers at the polls. And so we showed up at this one small polling place just to check in on our guy and to get some more of these sheets out to people to, to tell them, you know, be ready to help people with information on the flooding. And this guy, uh, who I'd never met before, we met right there on the scene. He's like, oh, man, man, you're cool. I'm voting for you. And I said, well, you're handing out literature for... So and so, he says, "Nah, but, you know, whatever. I'm, 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 I'm voting for you, and I think you're the man, and you're genuine, and <coughs> excuse me, and I love Delta variant, and I, it's just like, 
you're awesome. I'm voting for you. And he says, but don't tell anybody. And he turns and he sees that we have a, a photographer taking video. He goes, oh! So he said, well, we're, we're not putting this on the news. This is just if we do you know, some promotional stuff for the campaign later. Did, his, did the person he was handing out literature for win or advance, I mean? Because the top uh, two. Did not. But I, I'll just say this. This person was not planning to vote. So he said, well, where do you live? And he told us where. And we said, well, here's where you vote. So, uh, so he went and he voted there and he came back and then he said, yeah, my candidate was supposed to give me breakfast and I didn't get breakfast. So, uh, I said, well, we'll, you know, we'll get you a muffin or something. Cause oh. we were bringing breakfast out to all our volunteers. So we fed this guy, uh, we, uh, took care of him. And, uh, so he voted for me. I said, wow, this is why you do not pay poll workers because you have no idea what the hell they're going to so- do in the end. But very nice guy, uh, Quite a good freestyle rapper. Um, hmm. Dropped several dope rhymes, I think is what Sean calls them. Dope on rhymes. Us. Yeah. How old are you? It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was fat. Just use it in only your own language. You don't need to project. By the way, did, did Cuomo just resign? Yes, he did. Yep. That's going to be very dated by the time this posts, but thank you. I know. Hey, who won the Olympics? Was it Japan? Did the, uh, Japan win the Olympics? Sean, I'll, you know. You know, we're serving two audiences at the same time, you know, kind of like print digital with the newspaper. What's that, Mark? No, I was just going to say I found it funny that he resigned after his lawyer had to get up and do a press conference on CNN disputing every single point in the attorney general's report. It's just it's another example of how he doesn't respect women because his attorney was a woman. Well, I thought he's going to hire Giuliani. But (laughs) um, yeah. So anyway, so we ended up, you know, we had our our our. Uh, we, we met uh, a lot of candidates. There was one particular school um, down by the river where a lot of the candidates were hanging around. And, and we just kind of, you know, I mean, it was great. I, I always see Tucson Knight out there who I've, I've liked. And, uh, and Yeah, yeah. behind the scenes, you've always talked very highly of him, and he did not advance. No, but I'll tell you what. I, we had been hearing polling all along yeah. that had him in fourth and maybe in single digits. And he finished in third with 20% of the vote. And at the end of the night, we're thinking, holy crap, is Tucson, you know, gonna, gonna, gonna swamp us. I mean, he ran a great campaign from the very beginning. First guy out, uh, littered, I don't want to say littered, covered the district with signs. He and his team were on doors, like nobody except maybe us. Although I think they probably did knock on more doors than we did. Tremendous campaign. And, and I've said, I think I told you guys this, uh, which I wouldn't have said before the election, but if this guy finishes fourth with how hard he's worked mm-hmm. and, and, and how high quality a candidate he is, it's really going to shake my faith in democracy because even if you are a newcomer and have no name recognition, when you work that hard and you have such a good position and you really have done everything you can to meet everybody that's out there, to, to spend time with everybody in the district, there's got to be more to it than a distant fourth place finish. And in fact, he had an incredibly strong third place finish. And one of the folks that we thought was going to be in first place through yeah. some of the polling finished in fourth place. A guy with a lot of name recognition yeah. and a lot of connections in Virgil Smith. Yeah. So, um, so I was very, I was very happy to see Tucson do as well as he did. And I was very happy that he didn't do better only because it would have come at my expense. And so, and certainly if, if, if we had both advanced to the general election, that would have been really tricky for me because the last thing I want to do is uh, compete with somebody I really like, which yep. isn't to say that I don't like judge Smith. It isn't to say that I don't like Letitia Johnson or any of the other candidates, 
But um, so what's next? It's, know, it's, when when your wife is going up to a guy and saying, "If my husband wasn't running, I'd vote for you," yeah. it makes it really tough to try and kick their ass when your whole house is like, <laughs> we like that guy. Don't say anything. He's nice. And you're like, I know he's nice, but one of us is only going to survive. It better be us. They like him better than you. They probably do. but So it's down to you and Letitia Johnson. They know too much about me. In the general, what do you have to do? Like, what can you do now? Like, what's the next? Is it all, what do you do for the general election coming up? Uh, more of the same. You meet more people. You try and meet folks you didn't meet before. Are there endorsements out there that uh, weren't handed out in the yeah, primary? There were, there does, were that, some, does that matter? There were some endorsements that were in limbo because people weren't sure which way to go with seven candidates. There were some that liked two candidates and were waiting to see which candidate emerged from the primary. There are some who endorsed somebody. Uh, Tucson got the Chamber of Commerce endorsement um, on the Friday before the election. But uh, I thought for sure I was going to get that one because I had a great interview with them, and he got that, and that was a great get for him. And I wonder, are they going to now reevaluate? You know, now that now that uh, the candidate they were supporting is uh, is not on the ballot. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people who will be reevaluating. There will be a lot of people who have been putting off their decision, who will make their decision. There have been a lot of people who made endorsements but may not have made contributions or provided. Uh, uh, boots on the ground who will now be starting to do things like that. So a lot changes. And the, the one thing that's that that people and, and Brian Dickerson at the Free Press wrote a column talking about how why can't when we get to fifty one percent somebody just not have to run against anybody else? That would really be great. And I wrote him a lengthy reply that just said, listen, no way. When you get to fifty one percent you shut it down in the primary, turnout is so low, mm-hmm. it's gonna further suppress turnout in the general election. If the mayor gets to fifty one percent, I think this time the mayor got somewhere around seventy five percent. If the mayor's not on the ticket in November, that means a lot of voters who want to vote for the mayor are not gonna come out to vote for city council. So you can't take the big draw off the ticket. But the other thing is primary elections are very different. We had seven candidates. You can't fight six other people. If, if, even if you got something on six other people, <clears throat> you come off as being the jerk. So when you're running in a primary, everybody defines themselves. You talk about your positions. You talk about your issues. You talk about who you are. And if you're standing next to somebody who told a blatant untruth or something that was absolutely incorrect, either knowingly or, or out of, uh, out of uh, innocence, you don't really correct them because you're talking about you. When you get to a general election and there's two people there, that's when some of the contrasts come out. That's when people start saying, well, you know, so-and-so, and and one of the candidates every once in a while would get up and say something and they'd kind of take a little dig at me. And I'm just like, that's fine, whatever. We'll we'll settle this later if you're still around. And and there's a lot of things that have been put out there that just don't quite quite, uh, square. And uh, in a general election... That's when people say, you know, I meant to tell you this in March, but so-and-so isn't telling the truth, and here's the truth. And so a general election is very different from a primary. It can be, if you will, more contentious. Are you going to have to do a debate? I hope so. I mean, uh, the the week before the uh, event, uh, before the election, I think uh, several of us were at maybe two or three separate. um, Well, no, I know that I was at three or four separate gatherings the week before the election where there may have just been a dozen people in lawn chairs in somebody's backyard or we may have been at uh, we were at a rain garden there were a few people there listening and the saturday before the election i was in a a backyard 
where there may have been six people when I showed up. And uh, it turned out to be 12 people in the end, but three of us were candidates, you know. Mm. And one of them was a Yorkie. So, I mean, if you count the dog, I guess we got to a baker's dozen. Uh, but, yeah, you want to you wanna get to a place like that. But I think the difference now is if you are in a backyard with a bunch of people and, and there's just two of you and one person says something that doesn't quite uh, comport with the truth, I think uh, candidates are going to be a little less reluctant about saying, hmm, that's not true, but it's interesting. I think this is when people are going to say, you know what, let me set you straight on that because that's just not factual. You know, that's, that's, that's not the truth. And, uh, and there's one guy who's littered the district with signs, just absolutely littered them. And, and for what it's worth, had three times as many signs as he ended up getting votes. Ooh. And, uh, and this candidate was talking about, you know, we need to be accountable. And this was in this little backyard gathering. This is why I love Tucson because he gets up and he says, well, when we talk about being accountable, that means we got to be accountable ourselves. And being accountable means to the rules. And the rules say you just can't put every damn sign up you want wherever you want it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm just like, oh, he didn't just call that guy out, did he? And this other guy's kind of got his head down. I'm like, oh, that was beautiful. I'm glad. Good for him, I man. didn't have to, you know, I just, I was thinking the same thing, but I'm going to be polite and get the hell out of here. And, uh, and uh, you know, he put him on the spot politely. He didn't name him, but it was clear who he was talking about. And, uh, and you know, it's just, uh, you know, I think, I think going forward, people who don't follow the rules um you love rules it's going to be noted there's one thing you love it's rules i don't love rules you our love rules, rules is this show broadcast at noon live every tuesday <laughs> so obviously right, i'm not a enough. stickler for the rules yeah but uh but when somebody gets up there and says i'm the one who's going to make sure we don't have blight in our neighborhoods and you got a thousand signs up that you have no intention of tearing down i find it a little hard to believe anything else you're going to say so what are you going to do different to prepare for the general election compared to this last one? Well, we're going to meet some people. Great we, question. We didn't meet, and we're going. That's clean. Our that's why we sponsor. I know. Yeah, I'm pretty smart. You don't have to tell me. She's, twice. She's, <laughs> she's, <laughs> Damn! Yes. Humbled, Take that. Fell Howard down. What? What did I do? Got checked, brother. So, um, right into the boards. Right over the boards. Into the just bench. answer her question. Um, well, one thing is, there's a lot of people who supported other candidates where you may have been their second choice. And I talked to a lot of people um, early on, and, and Tucson was probably the first candidate who was out there working that hard. And it was very frustrating when you knock on the door and you see Tucson's already been there, like, damn it. So some of those people are like, yeah, I'm sorry, I like you, but I'm already with this guy. You try and find those people and say, well, if I was your second choice, could I be your first choice now? And there's other things where when this race started, we were still you know, all masked up and there was social distancing. And I think we're headed back that way. But there are a lot of things that you couldn't do. There are some, some places where you couldn't meet with people in a big group because it was, uh, it was considered unhealthy. Um, and now you can start to do a little bit more of that. Let's bring people together. Things like neighborhood association meetings that were virtual are now in person. Um, there's all kinds of things where you can get out there more. And, and the key is people get crazy about signs. We were very slow to put signs up and and i literally had two members of my family weeping in this office that is now locked in my house because we didn't have signs we're gonna lose because we don't have signs and i said signs don't vote again the guy who had more signs than anybody got 384 votes where is a footnote get the time to make these signs in history and uh and um and so way to take the high road i didn't name him his name was Larry Windsor, by the way. I'm Tell your saying, cousin to get his damn signs just, out of my neighborhood. 
We have guests too, right? I mean, this is a podcast, or is this a campaign stuff? I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I th- aren't you the guy who said, "Tell me how you feel"? What am I feeling? No, overwhelming? Yeah, exactly. You said nothing other than how other everybody else is not as great as you. But we we hear that every week, so I was hoping for something new. Well, that's yeah. why that's why I wondered if you, if you did. Onita the, did a great job last week. Did anybody like Onita? She was great. That's why I wondered if you um, if you did a debate, how you would ever stick to the the clock. <laughs> oh, so early on we had a forum, and it was virtual, and I've got my phone on my computer with the timer so that I end at two minutes the way you're supposed to. Oh, two minutes. Jeez. And then people start posting on uh, on different social music. Elric was reading notes. Elric was reading from a prepared. It's like, first of all, I don't have the questions. So what notes am I reading from? I'm just trying to make sure that when it says 159, I stop as opposed to going on and on and on. So sometimes you can't win. Well, there's a question on Facebook. Let's, oh. So let's see if you can answer it in sure. what, 30 seconds. Colette writes, maybe uh, you've covered this before, but why would you want to be on city council? Seems more frustrating than the ability to make change. Go, 30 seconds. First of all, Colette, thank you. That's a great question. I really appreciate the opportunity to address these issues at this forum, and I want to thank everybody who's responsible for putting this together. But the reason why I'm running is to bring about honest change in Detroit politics. You're going to just waste your other 25 seconds? Well, no, I, I started talking before you hit the clicker. Okay. You're still going to waste your other 20 seconds? This is like that Bush Dukakis skit on sale. <laughs> stay the course, four more years. Like, you have another 30 seconds, uh, Mr. Bush. It's like, well, Do you want to start over? We're all very proud of you. Oh, wow. Seriously, I'm proud of you. Okay. Sean might not be, but uh, a lot of hard work. You got I was little, very proud of him. I little ways to him. go. Sean is, Sean is, he's positively blushing either that <laughs> or he may have had a ghost pepper before he came on the air. I'm not sure. A ghost pepper? Okay. Habanero? I don't know, but I enjoy <laughs> I told you. Well, before we get to our guest, why don't you tell us about... About the butchery? Yeah. Well, they're hiring right now. And if you want to join Chef Dave and Chef Julie and their crew at the butchery, they're looking to actually build a crew because they have a lot of business. They have a great store. They also are sponsoring uh, Kalina, who is our name, image, and likeness uh, athlete. The butchery, sl.com, that's T-H-E-B-U-T-C-H-E-R-Y-S-L.com is where you go to find out more. Or you can call 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-2697, and join the team there. They have a handsome compensation package. You'll be paid very well. You can also get tips. They're closed Mondays and Thursdays, but they are open all other days. It's a great place. It's also sort of a high-end market. I don't want to say that as kind of like it's, it's, it's uh, too frou-frou, but they have really cool stuff there. So if you're going there for the prime meats, you will not be disappointed. Even Sean, our resident epicure, was impressed when he went to the butchery. But they also have, like, great beers and desserts Dude, and spices it, it, and produce. I mean, it's I kind it, of a I've cool said it before. Spot. I'll say it again. Best, like, deli roast beef I've ever had in my life. By miles, not even close. And I do want to say, they're closed Monday and Tuesday. You said Thursday. Did Monday I say and Monday and Thursday? Sorry, right. I caught it. Monday and Tuesday. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I That's may why have, I'm here. I may have had bad information here. But, uh, but yeah, you so won't get always someone food. else's fault. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. Are you a politician? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in the in the wrap. Just go to thebutcherysl.com. Okay. And they always will have their hours and specials and catering and all that fun stuff. And if there's any doubt, you can call them two four eight six eight two cows. That's C O W S for 
those of you in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, look at the marbling. But anyway, yeah, so uh, they are sponsoring. Kalina, uh, Dave is providing gas money every month and also some prime cuts as soon as Kalina gets back up to East Lansing, which is soon, right? Yeah, I will be leaving on the 20th. I just move in, so I'm excited for that to get back. And why? Why, no, why are you so excited to get you back? You said before the show that, that you're getting ready to take a hatchet to everybody in your house and that <laughs> if you can't get out of there soon, it's going to be a bloodbath. And then you said... Oh, wait, then you said don't tell him. But anyway, I just made all that up. But, but yeah, you're, you're No, I love my family. I love being home, but I want to live with my friends again and have, you know, my space <laughs> and be in East Lansing. Cause, okay. You don't have space at home? I have my bedroom, and then my parents yell at me for sitting in my bedroom all day long. So She uh. shares a room with her brother who still has a race car bed. That's cool. Not, that's, not, that's not comfortable for an for a up-and-coming young rower. Oh, no. It's okay. I did share a bedroom with my brother this past weekend. We were up north, and it was horrible. How old is he? tragic. He's 21. Oh, wow. That's older brother then, right? Yep. Okay. So we may get Altus to sponsor your older brother. Oh, he would love that. Now, he was a pretty good athlete too, right? Yeah, he did gymnastics his whole life, but his junior year of high school, he dislocated his shoulder, and it ended his whole career. What did he think about all this Simone Biles stuff? At first, he didn't like Simone at all. He thought she was a little cocky, but the more he saw her compete and saw that she could actually live up to like her talk, he liked her a lot more. Um, he definitely backed Simone with the whole dropping out of the Olympics and coming back, and I think it was important for her to, for her to do that for her mental health. So, I don't know. And had he ever gotten the twisties or any of these things where you realize, oh my God, I'm in the air and I may land on the top of my head and die? He is the most fearless kid I've ever met. He will, he still, like, he hasn't done gymnastics in like four years, goes cliff jumping, jumping off everything. He's like, he's fallen on his face a million times, broken things, and doesn't, doesn't bother him at all. Wow. Is he jealous uh, that you're being sponsored? Probably. My mom sends him food, though, so he's being sponsored by my mom. He's being sponsored by your mom very well, yeah. So we, we have to ask, in return for our sponsorship, what sort of exposure have you brought to the show through your many social media platforms? How have you been trying to expand the brand? Well, first off, my whole team listened to the podcast. So we doubled our audience. Okay. That's yeah. good. And um, a lot of my friends in my journalism classes have been listening, and they're interested in listening more because obviously they want to go into some form of journalism broadcasting. Are they aware of all the sweet logo uh, uh, branded of products course. we have at drewandmikestore.com? And I don't know if you saw, but I posted on my social media in your sweatshirt and I took Excellent. a bunch of pictures while I was up north and sold Detroit stuff. So that Fantastic. stuff's coming. So we're, I was we, gonna say, we're it's not, in on your, the... not on your Instagram yet, but you did update your Instagram uh, yes, bio to include the show. So that was very, very important. Okay, so the partnership seems to be seems to be doing very well, and I always try and save uh, our feedback from listeners till the end of the show. But I have to tell you that we did get a donation from someone, and uh, and uh, it's from John who donated twenty dollars with this message: One, you're a cheap bastard. Apparently, he didn't like my negotiation. Uh, <laughs> uh, my uh, my initial offer to, to Kalina for joining the show. Two, this is for Kaylee, meaning the $20. Three, play the song Motor Crash by the Sugar Cubes. Uh, make it $40, pal, and you'll get your Sugar Cubes. The show with Woody was great, which is true. Good luck in the election. So far, so good. And go green. So go John's right. okay. Mm. So so we actually have an extra 20 bucks this month for you. Wow. Which I'm I'll be taking out good, of Sean's. I need it for my rent. 
Well, for your rent. Yeah, rent's expensive. Damn. Yeah, those landlords up there. never stop. Those landlords, man. I swear, living up there is all just a scheme. They're just trying to get all the money they can out of us. Yeah. I mean, you know you're a landlord. <laughs> I was, uh, was kind of hoping that wouldn't come up, but yes. Uh, you mentioned there, it before. There is a profit motive. I, you know, I, Originally, when we bought the house, we just wanted to help kids stay out of the rain, but then we realized well, we can soak these little oh, buggers yeah, for a right. whole... Yeah, so... <laughs> Boy, this this whole this is why I'm against nil. I am so against it. But um, why? Because she's good. No, because it's bad enough when we're paying these kids, and now when they're narking on us, it's even worse. Yeah, be quiet, kids. Whatever happened to that <laughs> hand that feeds me stuff? But uh, so, if you want to support the show, or if you want to support our athlete, maybe we'll bring some other athletes on. Mark, how do people send a big donation? Uh, go to mlsolidetroit.com. Little donate bar up in the corner. Take you right to your PayPal. So there you go. We appreciate every cent. So you can keep it coming. Mm-hmm. So um, before we before we um, uh, get too deep uh, into uh, into our long distance connection with Sean and find out about why he's in Vegas, other than trying to uh, trying to bail himself out of some unfortunate financial situations, I want to bring uh, Deb Ellinger in of Ellie's House to talk about this upcoming fundraiser we mentioned. Deb, thanks for sitting here patiently through all this uh, this incredibly. Uh, thanks for staying awake. Here. Yeah, it's been very entertaining. <laughs> so, and the only thing that would be more entertaining will be on August 19th when you have your big to-do. Yeah, it's our annual gala, so it's our big fundraiser for the year. Um, we get together. We'll be in the city of Detroit at the Durfee Innovation Center, and uh, there'll be open bar, dinner. Um, we have a survivor who's coming in to speak about her experience as um, a human trafficking victim. And... Um, Silent auction items, some really cool silent auction items. So it'll be a really fun night. So tell us about Ellie's House, uh, what its purpose is, and how you started it. Yeah, so we do two things, actually. We go out on the streets of Detroit, on the east side of Detroit, so Chalmers and Seven Mile area, Harper and Connor. And we've been out there for almost six years, and we feed women who are being trafficked. Um, So we'll give them food, hygiene, um, clothes, flip-flops in the summertime, leggings, pretty much anything they need. Um, They have my phone number so they can call me. I'll take them to doctor's appointments or other types of um, appointments they might need transportation to. Um, And then we also have a residential program. So we have two houses, small houses. We're intentionally small so we can build relationship and community, um, both in the city of Detroit. And so we can house two women at each house. You can live in our program for up to two years rent-free. And we're going to provide all of your uh, mental health, all your medical that you're going to need if you need your um, ID, we're going to help you get that, your birth certificate, uh, life skills, GED if you need it, and then help you find a job or have some type of vocational training uh, with the end goal that you would be self-sufficient um, after two years. And, and so t- t- define so- sex trafficking for us because I think the, the natural conclusion is people say prostitution, but is there more involved in it than that? Are we yeah. talking about is, stripping is, and, and people who have been brought here against their will and... Yeah, so I would say anyone exchanging sex for anything is a form of human trafficking. So if you're exchanging sex for food, uh, housing, clothing, money, drugs, any of those types of things, that is a form of human trafficking. I think when most people think of human trafficking, too, they think of someone kidnapped for that specific purpose. Is that, is that what it is, or do they take advantage of people? Do they trick them? I mean, what? Yeah, that's a great question. So Thank you. You're very smart. Um, <laughs> 
So, um, no. So here in, in Michigan, the primary way that people get involved in trafficking is actually in a relationship with somebody that they know. Um, so if they're, if they're vulnerable, that's going to um, be a factor involved. But, and by relationship, I don't mean just – it could be a long-term relationship, but it could actually just be an online thing that you've met somebody, you've talked for them for three or four days, you've built a relationship in that three or four days. Some form of trust has been developed – um, and then there's a vulnerability. So maybe your vulnerability is you don't have good housing or you need clothing or you need food. And um, that's how a lot of women end up getting involved in trafficking is actually by a relationship. Huh. That's And that's really so the Internet um would that would be that would increase human trafficking, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you would think oh, the Internet, there's so many ways to communicate with people and say, right. I need help. I need help. But you think it's it's more detriment in the world yeah, of human I mean, trafficking? Yeah, you know, because you can do it on all your social media apps. You can do it on dating apps. Um, Craigslist, when Backpage was around, that was a huge yeah. component mm-hmm. to trafficking. Um, so a lot of online things, and then there's and still street women on the street um, being trafficked as well. And you're a former Detroit police officer, right? Uh, Shelby Township. Shelby Township. Officer. Okay, mm-hmm. and and how did you? Go from that to working with folks on the east side of Detroit, which is quite a ways from Shelby Township. Yeah, so I grew up in the city. So the area that we're in is not far from the area I grew up in. Um, I've always wanted to move back to the city. I actually would love to move back to where we do outreach because we've just built such a great community. And I think there's a lot to be said about living in the city that you serve. Um, And so it's just the area that I grew up in. And so I felt like I could either sit around and complain about it or go out and actually do something about it. And the fundraiser, how much are you hoping to raise and, and what, how, how important is this to your program? I mean, is this the main, the main source of bread for the program or do yeah. you get grants? And We don't get any grants. We're privately funded, so we have a lot of private donors that give to us. Um, but we hope to make about $10,000 is okay. our goal. Okay. Yeah. Well, that seems pretty reasonable. What, what yeah. are some of the cool silent item auction uh, – silent – auction items that people can yeah so we have some tiger tickets on. parking included we have uh u of m u of m football game tickets that's not gonna um, help nice nice yeah. hopefully against the team they'll we'll beat i can't remember who it's against but we have um, <laughs> slippery um, rock i believe we have um something signed by a piston uh, a jersey um and then just lots of different gift cards and baskets that people can use wine baskets liquor baskets things like that and if you can't make it there, well, how else can people, if they want to check it out or yeah, so you donate? Can, yep, you can check us out on our website, um, which is uh, org. So you can check us out there, and it's also on our Facebook page and Instagram. And Ellie is E-L-L-I. That is correct, Right, yeah. not, not like Eli's house. Right. D- D- Eli's there, it has nothing to do with this. <laughs> he wouldn't even give us tiger tickets, so... And um, and uh, tickets are available for the event? Tickets uh, are available online. They're $75. Um, we will have a survivor speaking, and um, Andrea Isom is going to be our MC for the night. Hey. And, and tell us a little bit about the survivor. What is her story? Yeah, so um, she's a great human being. Um, she lives in Madison Heights, actually. And um, I think if you come, you'll hear her story. And it, it is quite impressive to see um, how she's used all of those experiences to help women today. Um, she currently goes into prisons and helps women who are incarcerated so that they can have uh, jobs when they get out and be sustainable when they get out. So she's a great story. Okay, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming in, and thanks for helping uh, 
helping folks in District 4, my neck of the woods, yeah. and very glad. I have actually been working the streets since January, but I don't think I qualify for the program. I've just no. been no. passing but out No, but you're literature. welcome to come on street outreach with us. Okay. Well, I, welcome I, that. I'm... Uh, I think I I will be I will be People burning love a lot of shoe tra- leather between now and November. So <laughs> love human trafficking jokes. That was a good one, though. No, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I we, know we, you meant. We've been on the streets for a long time. Believe me, it's uh, it, and and I'll tell you some of the places you see. You're like whoa, but I will say this, and I think this is one of the things that people who come out and and volunteer with us and do canvassing, and I don't know if you find this with people through Ellie's houses. We go into some neighborhoods where you go down the main commercial district, and you're like. That's kind of sketchy around here. And then you turn off left or right in the neighborhood. You're like, these are beautiful neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean, it can change instantly. Yeah, like it's, you can be on one block and there's no houses and you can go down to the next block and they're beautiful. Yeah, it, it is amazing how much diversity there is in Detroit just in terms of, of the quality of the neighborhoods and how one block you're thinking this is hopeless or you go down you go down sort of a, a main drag and you think, oh my God. And then you turn and you're like, oh wow, this is... This is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can I ask a weird human trafficking question? Maybe it's not so it's weird. Not weird. But like, what, what what would be an average age? Is it mainly like teens, or do people get trafficked in their thirties? Yeah, actually. So the average age we see is a, between the ages of twenty and like thirty five. Okay. Um, but we did have a survivor we worked with who was fifty three. Really? Yeah, and she just found herself in a vulnerable situation, um, and met a guy on a dating app. So what do you, uh, yeah. What do you do then when you're when they're saved. I mean, yeah. that's got to be a hard transition. Man. Yeah, it's a really hard transition. That's why we focus so much on mental health. So everything, the first six months that you're with us, sometimes a year, is really just focused on getting therapy and counseling and doing mental health treatment um, in order to be able to go back and do life. And, and some, some women, we may never be able to work um, like in a, a store or something like that, but they can go back and work for a trafficking organization so they can do something. Wow. So, so Mark's question has me thinking about this. Uh, do you find that most of the women that you deal with, and it, it is all women in sex trafficking? The, we, no, there's men too. But I mean, we, primarily it's women who are survivors? What we work with is, okay. is women, yeah. And do they tend to have, um, uh, I, I don't think clients is the right word, but do they have multiple abusers, or does it tend to be they get in a relationship with one person who really takes advantage of them? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Some of the women we work with, um, have what we would call pimps or boyfriends, and so they're the ones who oftentimes are scheduling the dates, taking the money from the dates. Um, and then the men purchasing sex, we would call Johns, and they um, sometimes they're regular ones, um, and there's often abuse um, with those dates. I want to ask your opinion on this. If they legalized prostitution, mm-hmm. would that do you think that would increase it or decrease uh, human trafficking? I don't think it would be good because even women who, in states where it is legalized, women are still getting abused. They're still having to be forced to do things that they don't want to do, even though it's legal. So the argument is that it would be safer for them. You bring of, it out of the dark, right. and regulate it, tax it. But the truth is that it's still an exploitation. I would love to talk to women who say like it's legal and talk about where their mental health is. Like, how did you get here? What's your sure. story? What's your trauma that led you here? Um, because it's not going to end up being good. Yeah. That's, that's not one of the things that when you go to see your counselor, they say, well, you, this looks like a career you would be a good yeah, fit. For. I don't, this I've is never, yeah, I've never talked this to is a, what you do when everything else goes wrong. Yeah. My favorite question to ask girls is like, what's your, like dream job if you could have any job in the world what would it be and i've yet to have one woman say uh prostitute yeah hmm. yeah that would be do they uh, also influencer now sometimes they do 
I feel like a lot of young people want to be influencers. And yeah, I'm looking at you, Kalina. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you kidding? You doubled the listenership of this show. I know. I mean, I'm glad you are for my own selfish purposes. I always say, keep me off the internet. I don't want my life on the internet. My personality can be, but not my life. That's a great way to look at it. All right. Yes, just so we're clear, the connection there was Kalina influencer, not Kalina future client of... No one thought that. Yeah. Okay. No one <laughs> thought that at all. Just trying to make this clear because I know her parents. Like and I don't want to get a phone bad. call as soon as we get off the air. Lynn's the one who sent me here, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. <laughs> Damn, okay. Well, she's, she may know some stuff about me, too, so i got to be very really careful. I'm vulnerable with the whole damn family. I told you this was a terrible idea. Uh, once again, uh, how do people get info, and when is the event? Yeah, August 19th at 6 o'clock. You can check us out on our website and um, also on our Facebook page. Excellent. Cool. Ellie's house dot Ellie's house three one three dot org dot org. Okay, yep. I was confused. Org account. Okay, great. Uh, and Sean, you ha- uh, Sean Sean, you still there? Yeah, where's Sean? At? He's yes, still sir. sitting in the same spot too. Wow, I thought he'd be in bed by now. No, okay, great, Sean. Uh, good, good to get that update from Vegas. Excellent um, contribution. Yeah, Love it. Um, uh, Mark, uh, we have some more helpful products. To yeah, show overreaction. It's not the strategy if you're a long-term investor. If you're trying to make money, if you want your money to make money, then you need to call our buddy Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. He provides rational financial advice. Calm. He'll figure out what to do with your money now, six months from now, six years, stocks, bonds, 401ks, 529s. He's got it all. He's going to give advice and get you a strategy. So call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. And when you call him, you will find that he makes it all about you, sweet. That's quick. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned. And other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. I do that. What a dork. Is- him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys. Now, before John Sean jumps in here, Geek of the Week is not his segment. This is a thing, something we do every week, whether he's in the studio or not. Actually, we don't do it when he's in he the studio because he doesn't like it. He hates he it. Thinks, he thinks calling somebody he hates geek the whole show is, is dehumanizing them, even though. Hey, Sean, what do you hate more, Geek of the Week or Room 7609? I really don't hate anything. I like room 7609. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's just misunderstood. So anyways, this week's Geek of the Week, and we'll be getting to Sean. Again, this is a big tease, why, why Sean is in Vegas. We will be getting that in just a minute with his room at the Mustang Ranch. We will be getting that in just a moment. But this week's Geek of the Week is the lowly hermit crab. What? The hermit crab. So, you know, oceans around the world are facing a plastic pollution crisis. We have all these little pellets of plastic that are are infecting us and are killing fish, and then they're getting in our systems, and we are dying, and it's all bad. And by the way, if we don't cut down carbon emissions in 30 years, we're all going to be – we're all going to get sizzled or drowned or all that other stuff. With all of this going on, the hermit crab sees these little pieces of plastic and says, you know what? I like that plastic. I like it a lot. Hermit crabs apparently are sexually excited by a chemical that is leaked from plastic dumped in the ocean. Scientists think it is arousing hermit crabs, and this may be one more unfortunate offshoot of climate change. A team of scientists from England's University of Hull examined 40 crabs found in the waters off the Yorkshire coast 
and found signs that the crustaceans may be sexually excited by oleamide, an additive released by plastics found under the sea, which is a great chance for us to break into some songs from The Little Mermaid. But it turns out that Sebastian, who I always found to be very charming and one of the best parts of the whole show, could be getting a little, a little inappropriate um, stimulation from the killer plastic pellets that we are putting in the system. So it's not their fault. Why are they the geek of the week? Sebastian's cousins, the hermit crabs. You <laughs> are a geek of the week. <laughs> So I know Sean doesn't like Geek of the Week. He doesn't like people being called out. He feels that it demeans them. So I thought I would try and pick a crustacean. Was that is that better? Is is that is that mitigate? No, that was good. I, I don't think it demeans anybody. Or, yeah, it's all good. So you you care about people, but. But say whatever you want about the hermit crab. Is that basically what we're getting out of this? If you want to get out of that, that's fine. We just want something out of you, Sean. Yeah. No. <laughs> Where, what's the song, man? It is such a different Sean this week than last week. Last week he was he's avuncular. He was dynamic. Yeah, he, he was so. No, no. no. He was last what, week what, I was. Uh, now he's yawning and rubbing his face. And that's Vegas, man. He was he was he was playing blackjack until four in the morning last night. His no, boys are going to be uh, taking extra jobs to go buy their sorbet and, and milk duds because he just, no, he just squandered just, the mortgage. In, I, was in, I was in Miami and South Florida for a few days with some heavy family stuff, and it's just been a long oh. few days. So oh. Way to bring time, the room time down. Time change, long flights. Yeah, we don't need to get into any of that. I'm just explaining life to you a little bit. <laughs> Damn, I would have been a better story if you were in Miami with Will Smith, but uh, that's this is room 769. We go with New Wave, not South Beach. So this is a song that very easily year old reference. What? I did go South Beach. This is a this is a forty year old music segment. So I thought <laughs> bringing Will Smith enough. into it kind right. of brought Good. us ahead a couple decades. Good point. I'll back off. I can't win for losing here, but uh, <laughs> but you know uh, you know how you never lose is when you stick as close as you can to Simon Lebon. This was a would have been a great selection last week, but since I'll probably be taking election day off again, I figured I can't leave this to chance. So this week. Our selection of Room 7609 is from the one-off hit band, Arcadia, a little ditty called Election Day.
so that is election day, and thankfully I have at least one more election day in my career. That'll be November 2nd when, uh, when Letitia Johnson and I appear on the ballot for people on the east side to choose. See what who, he did there, Sean? Who will represent District 4 for the next four years. So Even the song was about him. Oh, well, I wasn't sure I, because there were a couple things he did, so I wasn't sure what you were referencing. But uh, mainly that we don't ever have to listen to a song that bad again. Oh, he hated it. What? That's oh, the worst goodness. song you've played in the history of the podcast. So, so that was on the album So Red the Rose that Arcadia made during a break in touring for Duran Duran. It was That is a strong take, Sean. The band was only around for 85 and 86, and Simon LeBon called their album the most pretentious album ever made. But unlike Sean Windsor, All Music called it the best album Duran Duran never made. And the reason they said that is because it essentially was Duran Duran. You had uh, Simon LeBon, of course, the lead singer and chief lyricist, Nick Rhodes, the keyboard player, and Roger Taylor, the drummer, one of the three Taylors, none of whom are related, mm-hmm. was made up the, uh, the core of Arcadia. And one of the things that I noticed when I listened to it, which I actually like this tune, you don't have that heavy bass line that you get with John Taylor, perhaps the most underrated bass player in pop music, but other guests who appeared on this include David Gilmore, really? Sting, Herbie Hancock, and some of the spoken word portion of Election Day came from Grace Jones. Really? Yep. So, huh. but Sean Hayes. So take we'll it, on. Sean, in your face. How about those sugar cubes? How do you feel about the sugar? You like a little Bjork? Yeah, I do. Okay. Kalina, did you like the song? Like I said, it was fine. Last week or two Old weeks ago. Old people music. I, Which floor do I get off on? This elevator's getting crowded. I told you, I just don't listen to this kind of music. All right, what's, uh, what do you, what's the last song you listen to? I'm sorry we don't have any of that Bruno Mars fellow Let for you. Look. Yeah, pull up, pull up that, in your that, Nobody that listens to that kind that of music. Katie, what's her name, who sings the songs? The last song I listened to was Better In My Head by Jordy. Oh, my God, I'm old. Jordy? I don't even know what that is. The guy from Star Trek The Next Generation, a blind guy? <laughs> Who's Jordy? I don't know. He's just an artist. He's an indie artist. Okay. What, what about before that? I'm really intrigued now. Oh. I want to go go down. I, wanna, we're, I'm, I finally realize how old I am, like the last five years. Um, I listened to Float On by Modest Mouse. That's you one might of my, know that one. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, Modest Mouse. I think we've talked about it on this podcast. Johnny Marr used to play with Modest Mouse. Yeah. And now he's touring with the Killers. Um, Which they've got see. that backwards. The Killers should be opening up for... Johnny Marr, but that's the way it goes. Of course. No justice. <laughs> what else? Justice. A lot of the songs I listen to are like smaller bands, I guess. Like, Did You Think by Ariel? No, never heard of um, it. The Kids Will Be Fine by James Sesville. Never heard of it. Is that, a, is that a, some sort of ironic twist on The Kids Are All Right by The Who? <laughs> no. Where's uh, kids will be fine? Is that what it's called? <laughs> where's the Cardi B? Where's the? Uh, well, here's a um enough for you by Olivia Rodrigo. She's more yeah, she's pretty popular. Yeah. Um, a OK by Ty Verdez. That's yeah. another. He was at of, Lala. I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this sucks. Getting old, man. Yeah, do you have any of those Guns and Roses? I understand they're very popular with the kids. <laughs> Guns and Roses. That, that Chinese democracy thing. If we're talking about old music, I like Beastie Boys. There you go. Yes. But now, wait, wait, wait. License to Ill or yes. Paul's Boutique? License to Ill. Oh, 
Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. That's the frat rock. Hello Nasty is the best album they made. You can blame my parents for that. They're the ones who introduced oh, I love me to the Beastie Boys. Oh, they're the best. Oh, Beasties are very good. But uh, Okay. So that's Room 7609, of course, if you have a great suggestion a Kaleen, for I think us. we need a Kalina's Corner sometime, <laughs> where she just uh, breaks down things as old people don't understand. What do you say, Sean? Sounds great. <laughs> uh, speaking of old people, uh, we'll be <laughs> nice right support. with Sean. But first, I need to tell you about David Hall and Hall Financial, who will save you a ton of money on your mortgage. If you're looking for a mortgage, if you're looking to refi, rates are still in the twos. So call today and find out how much you could save with a refi, and you'll make that savings every month. Just click the link on our website to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. And make sure to tell them that ML sent you. When you call him, ask for Dan Morrison. He's busy, but he can always take another call. He can always make another deal. And there's a fellow there named James Bentley. Oh, yeah. Probably, uh, he's probably up to no good, so let's let's try and... No, nah, he's, he's on the up and up. Yeah, when he's, when he's on the clock. He's a family man. Let's keep him on the straight and narrow by giving him some mortgages to write. He's some refis. So, so give him a call, 248-308-5000, and MLS, 146-7435. So, Sean, what's going on in Vegas? Summer League ball. <laughs> NBA Summer League. I'm here for the Pistons. Is there a certain great individual recap. there? Uh, Mr. Cunningham, what's, who you're looking what's into? That, what's that, Mark? I said great recap. Yeah, well, I was trying to, you know, keep the 30-second rule. You know, you, you know what's driving me nuts about this whole Kate Cunningham thing is that uh, everybody's analyzing his first game in the summer league is how he's going to be. Same with spring training. Well, not maybe to this degree, but yeah, no, don't make any judgments. It's one game, right? Did he have a bad game? Well, no, it was fine. It's yeah. just that a few other guys that were picked after him played great. In their first game, so that makes Detroit Pistons fans nervous. Yeah, but didn't a kid dunk on LeBron one time, and LeBron is still great? And I don't know what that other kid's name is. Yeah, exactly. Of course, pretty much. Happens. Pretty much. No, it's it's hot out here, and um, it's uh, I'm in the desert, as far as I can tell. You sound mis- <laughs> you sound miserable that you have to be in Las Vegas. No, it's 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 fine. Actually, I'm going to go after this podcast ends. Maybe one day, I'm. Uh, <laughs> No, that was for you, Mark. Wow. I'm going to go to a Thai restaurant that I've always wanted to go to. There's a Thai community out That's here, relatable. randomly enough. Kind of like the That's fact what that everyone does a, in Vegas. Goes to Thai about? restaurants. It's not terribly relatable. No, no, no. It's a. Um, it's one of the best Thai restaurants in the country. Do you have a financial so, stake in this restaurant? No, there's a large Thai community here. It's it's like the same reason there's a Somalia population in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. It's just yep. random patterns of immigration, and it leads to these communities where there's great food. And weird little places, not weird, Vegas is weird, but just interesting spots all over the country. You never know. Just don't offend it's Vegas. It's, and I've wanted to go to this very place. Be careful for a long not to time. offend Vegas. You're easily offended the whole city Church of Church community. A lot of people there try and mind their P's and Q's. Very, very conservative folks. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm going to go get some decent food. So, so is, this, is this the doldrums of summer where it's really hard to find things to write about in the sports world? No, I'm actually, even though I don't sound like it, I'm actually really looking forward to the, the hoops out here. And there's a lot of interest. I've never been in summer league before because usually we send the beat writer, but there's so much interest because the Pistons had the number one pick for the first time in 50 years. As you mentioned, Cade Cunningham, that's who they got. And there's a lot of reader interest. So that's why I'm here. Um, the first time I was in Vegas in the early 90s, I was here for a wedding. A friend of mine got married in a little a little chapel. I stayed at the Sands, which is a classic sort of Sinatra's place, which is no longer here. It was blown up a long time ago, dynamited. 
I saw Wayne Newton sing. I had the surf and turf at a casino. I gambled, uh, whatever, you know. So there. I'd much rather come here and get Thai food and go out in the country and get barbecue and go see the Hoover Dam. That didn't make me happy. What else you got? <laughs> if you are so, going to go sightseeing, do not go to the Hoover Dam. Go to Red no, Rock. Red Rock I've is already, so much no, prettier. No, no, no. I agree. I've been to both, but um, Red Rock really wasn't made by us, but that's okay. I so it's a completely different experience. I think the last couple times I went to Vegas, I never left my hotel. What'd you do in your hotel? Gambled. You can't like probably in went your to lobby, a show or so something. not in your room. You didn't just sit on your. No, no. I okay. I never left the complex because they're all connected. Like I don't think I saw the outside. Where'd you sit? Where'd you stay? Uh, MGM. That whole you know how that whole area is connected. MGM to the Mirage. I do. So the so the the last time I was in Vegas, I rolled in in the middle of the night in an RV with uh, ten Michigan fans who what? had drip drip driven straight from Ann Arbor, thirty six. 40 hours straight, whatever. And we went right to a strip club. Actually, it was in the morning. Which one? Like six, six in the morning. I don't know. We ended up at a strip club. All I know is I barked outside and said, hey, okay, I no. called home and said, hey, I'm in a strip club. And there's a free mango here. So that's what I'm going to focus on. But uh, this course. was for work? Of course. This was this was for work. What was that expense report like? And Sylvia, Sylvia, um, oh, what was her last name? She was a photographer at the time. They wouldn't let her in because they wouldn't let. Well, she could come in, just she couldn't. She was trying Camera. to take pictures in there yeah. for the story, but uh, yeah, no. So that was the last time in Vegas. That was exciting. Yeah, a depressing still not strip club at six a.m. where they had pineapple and mango out. Sounds like the only person that has a bad time in Vegas. Oh no, you're gonna say you had a good time though, because you have a good time everywhere. Uh, the first time was great. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> and this will be fun. It's just that I don't gamble. Like, it. like Mike. Mike doesn't gamble. You're really selling it. I gambled today, but I lost. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the desert, the mountains, and the warmth, and that that I like a lot. The only time I've been to Vegas, and I'm not a Vegas guy, I went because some friends asked me to play in a hockey tournament, and we went, and it happened to be the weekend after the Mitch album uh, uh, Spartan tracksuit scandal. The, uh, the lie. Uh, we'll just say it was the incident. Anyway, just before we left, the uh, the free press was just going to put a correction in the paper. And I went to my boss and I said, you've got to do more than put a correction in. This is a bigger deal than just a correction. If you just do that, it's going to look like we're covering it up. And the free press then started talking about how we're going to address this. And there are all these meetings. And I said, okay, I got to go. I got to get to Vegas. And there was a guy who, uh, who was... Um, uh, on the hockey team, his name was Tex Kowalski, and he told uh, Laura Clegg, who's on the hockey team, uh, just feed me the puck and I'm going to score. That's all you got to do. And we're like, okay, Tex. So we get to, I think we're staying at the Imperial Palace, like this old sort of really corny looking casino. And the guy who organized the team had a bus to get us from the, the casino, the hotel to this rink on the edge of town, whatever the hell it Does was. Does this story have an end? And we never saw Tex Kowalski again. <laughs> he just gambled on. We I'm never so lost. saw him again. And we got beat so bad by this team that our goalie skated up to us in between periods and said, can I play for them? So that was my trip to Vegas. With uh, If you see Tex Kowalski, would you tell him to get his ass home? It's, it's, uh, they're looking for him here. Hey, Mark, uh, real quick. Well, <laughs> I guess, okay, we'll just go right past that. Wow, still not Great happy. Great story, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, great. Mark... Uh, <laughs> One thing that's been a little disorienting is I was in South Beach I, I resent Sunday. that grandpa comment. I was just listening to Jordy. Got to uh, <laughs> on my iPod. Yesterday, but yes. 
on my walk. In any, in any case, Mark, when's the last time you were here? Vegas? Oh God, yeah. five, six years. No, but longer than that. Uh, before my daughter was first daughter was born. God, it's probably been about ten years now. Yeah, so I hadn't been here in at least fifteen, maybe maybe longer. I can't remember. But my friend got they they stayed in the Mirage, and when and this was yeah. in the early nineties. Actually, it was the year Pulp Fiction came out. Whatever that was, 93, 94. Yeah, because we saw Pulp Fiction here. I don't for some weird reason. But anyway, why, why not uh, go to Vegas and see a movie? <laughs> you can't do that at home. No, no, no. The Mirage at that point dominated, right? Either was, you have good Vegas stayed, stories. My wife and I stayed at the Sands, and we liked that old school kind of flair. But the Mirage now looks like nothing compared to these yeah. new new places. Yeah, it's, the big big just, resorts. Yeah, uh, it's crazy that the growth here and the suburbs go on and on forever. And mm-hmm. apparently, apparently, they're not going to run out of water. We'll see. I know uh, they want Michigan's water out here, right? The whole West does. They, they're going to start. They want to run a line to Lake Michigan, Lake Superior. Oh, and that's your farm report here, man. <laughs> so yeah. Detroit. No, it's going to be. A, it's going to get battle. those crops in, boys. <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Um, good stuff. Anyway, yeah. Thank you for the Kowalski I'm glad story. You checked it. <laughs> well, I left out the other part. Uh, one of the other guys on the team whose story was, was worse, in the Kalina? sports department. Whose story was worse, ML's or Sean's? I didn't listen to either of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. Mine's Deb, do you want to vote? I'm just rambling I because I have either. to be here. Today. She's too busy rocking out to that Katy Perry. <laughs> well, now that we've lost the two people in here, we might as well move on to the end. I think Katy yeah. Perry. I think, wasn't that the, the, the Pistons' third round draft pick? Oh, okay. I, but how's Garza doing, by the way, that big fella? No, we already talked about Garza. What's the next part of this show? Nobody cares about basketball anyway. I, I must have missed it when uh, when I nodded off uh, on the first part of your. your that was before the show. because it was before the show. We've all been putting each other to sleep with our you know unrelatable stuff, except for well, never mind. Okay, what? well, sorry, thank you. <laughs> except for never mind. If if you That's were wondering whether we reached the end, that makes it official. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sean Windsor uh, for dialing in from Vegas. I I want to thank him only so because enthusiastically too. I was I was raised to be polite, um, and so sometimes sometimes uh, subvert my true feelings. Uh, Mark, it's good to have you back from uh, the Hoover Dam or wherever you went with the yeah, kids. Exactly. Kalina, you'll be in East Lansing at this time next week. No, one more week. One more week. Okay, so we may have another Kalina visit before she goes off to uh, to those what five a.m. practices. When do you guys uh, practice? Yeah, normally around five thirty. Wow. Okay. Once again, this is why Altus is not sponsoring her. If you drink Altus, you are not up at five thirty in the water. No, you just stay up till five. Oh, I didn't think about that. Have you ever done that for practice? Just stayed up all night. Uh, I've gotten close because yeah. I was just working on homework till like two in the morning. I was like, oh. Why not stay up? Yeah. But then I just take a quick nap, go to practice, then go back to bed after practice, and then I wake up around four. <laughs> oh, that sounds brutal. Uh, and then, uh, and then, Deb, thanks for coming in to talk about Ellie's house. And we've got a, a benefit coming up on the nineteenth. Please check our website mlsolvedetroit.com to find out how to get involved. Maybe you can't make it, but maybe you can just make a contribution, or maybe you can get involved. Next week. And I think there's volunteer opportunities, right? There so, are. Yeah. so lots of ways to help. And, uh, and please, when you, when you uh, interact with our sponsors, let them know that you found out about them from the podcast. That helps keep them with us. And as long as they're with us, we'll be with you. 
for better or for worse. If you are listening to some other network, that's a mistake. Just stick with the Red Shovel Network. You've got Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour, and of course, the Drew and Mike podcast, which is back after a week hiatus. That was. When have you guys it's taken great. a week off great. before? Uh, well, with the exception of Christmas time, it had been a long time. That okay. was the first time I've gone away in years. So, because I'm making it about me. No, it's good. Well, I asked about you, so it's Thank perfectly you. appropriate. So we will Thanks see you concern. next week <laughs> when we have a very special guest. Who? Uh, let's just say it's a guy I know who wrote a book about Prince. Oh, okay. So we'll be talking about that next week on the show. In the meantime, uh, register to vote. If you want to find out more about the campaign, you can follow us on all social media at ML4Detroit. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow this show on Facebook at ML, no periods, E-L-R-I-C-K, or on Twitter at Elric. Um, we're on Instagram not very often. For Instagram, we turn to our influencer, Kaylee Niece Kardashian. Oh, God, no. Okay, she's she's add any more K's to my name. Oh, yeah, actually, you know, you're right. Let's just stick with, let's just stick with Kaylee. Jenner? And how, how, uh, how do people find you on Instagram? Um, at Callie Neese, K-A-L-E-E-K-N-I-E-S-S. And if you want to follow Spartan Rowing, you can do that too, at Spartan Rowing. And when does the season start? Um, we start practice in less than three weeks now. And when's the first? Is it a meet? What do you call it? A match? Regatta. A regatta. Oh, damn. I don't have man. our schedule Voila. yet. Okay. But so it'll be in the spring. Regatta news coming up exclusively here on ML's Soul of Detroit and Yachting News. So uh, do not miss that. Please subscribe, share, and like the show. And uh, remember to love one another. Right, Sean? Sure. And, and, and if, if nothing else, come for the free mangoes. Okay. <laughs> On that note, Cyrus, <laughs> take us out. Nothing like ending with a whimper. Can Mercifully, take, can take us out of our it? misery. Can you dig it? Hey, is this heaven? No, it's the east side. Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, ML Elric, Burt Lancaster. Sometimes, when you believe the impossible, the incredible comes true. M.L. Elric for City Council.